guys, it's me, Emma's Thing, and this is my podcast, That's What He Said. With over 12 years of blogging, writing, posting, and sharing under my belt, I've somehow grown a small audience who, for whatever reason, seem to really like me. This podcast is just another extension of my blog and will offer unimportant life updates, reviews on movies, books, shows, daily musings about life, in-passing commentary on current events, and of course, a lot of stories of my past, present, and future. Just try it out and see how you like it. That's what he said. What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome back to the podcast, guys. I feel like I have been working toward getting in this closet and recording this all day. It's Wednesday. It is so insanely beautiful here in Dallas. It's like full-blown spring weather. Um, but as we know, nothing lasts in terms of weather here in Dallas. So it could change tomorrow. It's not supposed to, but it could. Um, it's just so beautiful. Like It's so beautiful to the point where I was, for a second earlier, I was like, I wonder if there's any way that I could record this podcast outside, but I just don't think that that can happen. So we'll just settle for the closet per usual. So I wanted to start off today's episode by just saying if you took the time to listen last week to that episode, thank you so much. I was in a state. Um, I don't regret recording it. I don't regret sharing it by any means. Um, but that was like live footage of me spiraling. And I don't spiral often. I used to way more. Like I feel like there was at some point in all of this and all of blogging and influencing and career and figuring all of it out, I feel like there was a point where I would spiral weekly, um, which obviously that's insanely unhealthy and I'm so glad to be out of that. So the spiral that happened last week was uh, they're just very few and far between. And it was a really bad one. Last week just sucked. And I let myself get in so deep into my head that it took me a, a longer than usual to get out. But I'm so happy to say that um, it turned around on Friday. Now, before it turned around on Friday, I do want to point out that in the midst of feeling the way that I did last week, um, I took Bowie out to poop one morning, I, either Wednesday or Thursday morning. It's like literally I, I was in an anxiety fog, so I can't recall specifically, but whatever. So I took Bowie out to poop and I did not know that the few steps that lead up to our house were completely iced over. And I ate it so hard. Like it was the best way that I can describe the fall that I had was like a home alone fall. It was that it was almost comical how fucking ridiculous it was. But I was just I had I wasn't expecting it. I had no idea. I was moving at the normal speed that I would and I didn't break it at all. Like I fell the hardest I've ever fallen onto my left ass cheek and I don't know if you caught it or not, but I did a very intense close up of it because later that night I was like, oh, well, this is going to be a horrible bruise. Like, there's no way that I'm not going to have been affected by this somehow. But I didn't expect the bruise to show up for like a few days. No, I stripped down later that night to take a shower. And I just happened to walk past the mirror and glanced at myself. And I literally was like, <gasps> like, it was one of those situations where I, it, it's, 
it's like I didn't know what the fuck it was at first. I didn't even remember falling earlier in the day. I was not expecting it to bruise that fucking quickly. And I like called Zach in and he was like, holy fuck. I mean, it is nasty. And I honestly have not been keeping super tabs on it. I just, I don't know. It's just, it's really upsetting. So, uh, and it's not hurting me really. It's like a little tender, but not bad. So I've just out of sight, out of mind, baby. You know, I'm not in the habit of looking at my butt that often. It just happened. I just happened to catch my own butt's eye that moment and saw it. So anyway, that was the last crappy thing to happen to kind of like put the literal cherry on top of um, the week that I had last week. But then the weekend came and I don't know if it's because it was Friday and I'm always in a really good mood on Friday and at the end of the week or you know I just kind of got past like the brunt of what I was feeling whatever but um, the weekend turned out really really good and my spirits were totally lifted and I just realized I'm a horrible podcaster and didn't even mark that we are already in part one of the podcast that I like to call what have you even been doing all right so back to the weekend that I was already talking about so Friday, um, Zach actually had off of work, which literally never happens. Like this man does not take off of work. He doesn't have random days off. He doesn't. He's just he works very, very hard. And that's great. And I love him for that. Zach, I know you're listening. I love you so much. It's wonderful. Um, So the fact that he took the day was wild. Um, And he did take the day to get his tattoo worked on because it's still not completely done. So for the first few hours of the day, that's what he was doing. And I um, I kind of spent that time wrapping up work for the week. And, and then I treated myself to a manicure at Minilux. It's the only place that I go. And once Zach was finished up, he had a, the really good idea to use his time off wisely and drop his truck off at a collision place because he had a little boo-boo with it. And he was like, hey, I'm going to go drop this off. Would you mind come getting me? And then like we can spend the rest of Friday together. So that's what we did. And it was in this really random fucking part of Dallas. Um, But what is over there is this place called Josie Records. It's a massive uh, record store, like a massive music store. Um, But the focus is mainly on records. And I realized that I hadn't been over there and I hadn't been to Josie Records for five years. I remember that distinctly because the last time I was there was around my 30th birthday when I was dating this douchebag and we went to Josie Records and I was like, oh my God, this is like so hipster. Like we're here looking at records. We can get them and go home and put them on and like make out. Eh." Um, Also, (laughs) something really funny that Zach has pointed out to me over the course of our relationship (laughs) is that I... It's like almost every story that I have about a restaurant or a store or something, it's like I can tie it into the asshole that I was dating at the time. Um, And that it really is true for everything. I mean, listen, I was single for a fucking decade, like, and I've lived in Dallas this entire time. I have a lot of stories. And yes, most of them involve horrible dates or horrible men, you know. This is why I'm going to hopefully eventually write a book. So we were at Josie Records and uh, we walked around. There's just so much to look at. It was really overwhelming. But we we decided each of us would choose a record. So I chose 
Nat King Cole's Christmas album because, I mean, his his renditions of all any and all classic Christmas songs are the only ones that I ever want to listen to. Zach ended up grabbing one of Bessie Smith's um, very early records. I mean, I think I think it's like from the 1920s or 1930s. I don't know. It has that sound. Oh, it's just so, so, so good. So uh, we did that. And then I can't really remember how we spent the next few hours. But basically, it was pretty late in the afternoon. Like by the time we got home, it was four. And we were like, why don't we just be grandparents, like really lean into our grandparent-like tendencies and do an early dinner. And then we'll be home early. And it'll be fabulous. So that's what we decided on. And I have been wanting to go to this place in Dallas for years, for years. And I remember a long time ago, like I would say probably six or seven years ago, when Amy Jackson of Fashion Jackson was still living in Dallas, she was like, I I think that we should go to Urbano Cafe one night. I went there. It was amazing. I think you'd really love it. And I it ended up not working out and it is a hundred percent because of the guy that I was dating. <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there, not an important part of the story. Anyway, so I have been wanting to go there for ever since Amy brought it up all those years ago, and I've just never made my way. Now I do want to interject here and say that while I know the majority of you appreciate when I talk about uh, all of these little details about Dallas, even if you live here or if you don't, I did get one um, a bit of feedback from a listener slash follower about how she wishes I wouldn't go into so much detail about like where things are located in Dallas, which I, I, I get that. I get that. Like, I mean, if you're here, you probably know where it is. And if you're not from Dallas, you don't need to know like the fucking like cross streets or intersection wherever the fuck so i'll just say that urbano cafe is a part of jimmy's which is a very very popular um super authentic italian market that's been in dallas forever it's it's so amazing like if you need anything that is directly imported from italy and is the real fucking deal you go to jimmy's they have like sandwiches and stuff that you can get from their deli. They have so many Italian wines. They have so just so many authentic Italian products. It's incredible. But Urbano is like an extension of Jimmy's and it's like their sit down restaurant and it's BYOB or what I learned is that it it still is, but that's when they didn't even have the capacity to serve wine or beer, which they now do, but you can still bring your own. And uh, most people do bring their own regardless. So we were able to get a table at Urbano at 6 p.m. on Friday. They just had to have the table back by 730, which we were like, that shouldn't be a problem. And I was so excited. I'm just going to like skip right to it. You guys, we were not impressed at all. Um, And, you know, I I posted about it and I got I got a good handful of responses being like, oh, isn't it the best? This and that. And like, no, it's not the best. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, I get it. I get it. It is a very family friendly neighborhood spot. And it tastes like that. Like, it tastes like you have a friend who 
likes to cook for you and they cooked this Italian meal for you. And it's not bad. It's not bad at all. But it's not great. And it's not amazing. And it's not the best Italian food I've ever had. It was fine. It was just, it was fine. Um, You know, we ate it, but it just left a lot to be desired. And I feel like it was just one of those situations where there was way too much buildup for me and it did not deliver. So just to go over what we got, basically, you know, we brought our own wine, like I said, which was this amazing, really funky ass red wine. The year was 2014. Zach's sister and brother-in-law actually gave it to him for Christmas. So we were like, let's go big and, and bring this. So that was great, um, which had nothing to do with the restaurant. Um, Zach got like a beet salad. I got a Caesar salad, both of which were fine. They were fine. They weren't bad. They weren't great. And I got it was weird because typically I will always go for the bolognese, especially if it's a a new Italian spot I've never eaten at and they offer bolognese. I'm going to try it because it's like my number one comfort food. But the waiter really sold me on their chicken pesto pasta, which is something that I used to make for myself all the time. Like when I was at the height of my singlehood and in my mid to late 20s, I probably ate pasta every single week. And one of my specialties for myself was the Butoni pesto, which is the fucking best pesto ever. Do not at me about that Butoni pesto for life. So I would make, you know, whatever kind of noodle and, you know, grill or bake some chicken, slice it up, put a couple of big dollops of the pesto on top, a squeeze of lemon, some Parmesan cheese, mix it all up, and it was fucking incredible. This stuff was creamy pesto, which I have now decided I do not like at all. Like pesto for me, not meant to be creamy, not like that. I don't know what what kind of dairy component they might have mixed it with to make it that fucking creamy, but it was thick as fuck. Um, And the pasta was saturated in it, like dripping. Now, did I eat the entire fucking bowl? Yeah, of course. Like, do you know me? I do not have limits. I don't have willpower. If you put pasta in front of me, I'm going to lick the fucking bowl clean. But it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Zach got some sort of, he got some sort of meat. Like, I don't really know what, maybe like a ribeye. I don't even know. Um, Which he said was very good, but all of the components around it like the fried tomato and some of the other veggies and this like mac and cheese that we got it was just it was fine like it literally tasted like I'm a pretty good cook I'm a pretty good cook like I follow directions very well and it kind of tasted like something I could I could have made at home and not only that it was really fucking expensive guys like we brought our own wine but for two salads and two entrees that was it no dessert or anything it was a hundred fucking dollars. And we were like, what? That was so not worth it. And I feel really bad saying that because I know that it's an institution here in Dallas. And I know that so many people love it. But I just, I I don't get it. I don't get it. So like I said, we had to be out of there by 730. And so the night was very young. And I thought that we were just going to go home. But we did finish a bottle of wine and we were feeling loose. And right, like catty corner from this restaurant, there is a billiards place, a billiards bar that, again, has been there for fucking ever. 
I've never gone. I've never even thought about going. Like, it just looks so insanely sketchy. Like, I don't even, it's one of those places that you're like, how, is that really in business? Is it actually open? Do people really go there? And Zach is a bit of a pool shark and not like a bit of one. He's really, really, really good at pool and played it. Like that was like his thing to do throughout college is just go to bars and dominate the pool table. And he saw that big glowing light that said billiards. And he was like, what the fuck is that? I've never been. Let's just go. It's so early. Let's just go and see what it's about. So we literally like popped right over there and we were very pleasantly surprised. Like, it is a legit billiards bar. They have two pool tables. They have shuffleboard. They have darts. And the clientele, like, I just thought that it was going to be so, so dodgy in there. And it wasn't at all. Like, it was just everyday people that you would see hanging out at the billiards bar. So we were like, okay, this is tight. So we were there early enough that we could get one of the pool tables. And I'm horrible. I'm I mean, sports and me, basically like hand-eye coordination is not my thing, thusly why I failed at every sport that I ever tried and I ended up in dance and theater. But, you know, Zach is really nice and he didn't have a choice, so he was like, let's play a game. And so we played around and there was this couple at the bar and Zach was like, I'm going to ask them if they want to play. And I was like, okay. I mean, I'm not really interested in like making friends with anyone here, but yeah, that's fine. So he asked this couple if they want to play and they were like, yeah, totally. So we start up a game with these, with these two people. And I see that she has a pretty gorgeous engagement ring on and, you know, I'm somewhat kind of newly engaged. Can I still say that? I don't know. I guess it's almost been six months. I wanted to make conversation with her and I was like, oh, I see like you're engaged. When's the wedding? And she was like, oh, no, no, I'm no, like I'm not, I'm not engaged to him. I was like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, no, I mean, we're like, he's like my best friend. And I was like, cool. All right. I just, sorry. Like, I just assumed that. And I was like, so you are engaged, though, to someone else. And she was like, yeah, yeah. And then she said, we don't have a date or anything yet. I mean, we don't I don't know. Like, we haven't planned anything. I was like, "Alrighty then. This conversation has gone really well. (laughs) That's exactly how she was answering me. It was very, like, a little defensive. It was weird. It was just her reaction to me assuming that they were together and it wasn't like she was embarrassed that I assumed that it was more so like she was just on the defense about it so obviously this weirdness piqued my interest so I kept a very close eye on them the whole time that we were playing pool and look like I for a long time I said that I didn't believe in platonic friendships between heterosexual males and heterosexual women And I still feel that way to an extent. But if I'm being honest, I I do. I have at least like three platonic male friends, but they're not best friends and I don't hang out with them. And I like I don't hang out with them one on one. Like I wouldn't I don't know. I wouldn't be at like a billiards bar playing pool with them after work on a Friday evening. And maybe that's because of my age and my situation. I don't know. But regardless, I it just felt a little weird. And she was also 
still in her work clothes. Like they came right from work. They met up right after work. She had on like her slack. She had on like some pointy toe flats, like very business casual. And like there, there was chemistry between them. Again, could it be best friend chemistry? Perhaps. But just for their age and just like my intuition, it was just not right. Something wasn't right about the situation. And, you know, they were very like he rested his head on her shoulders at one point and they were very like in each other's faces. And um, I was just observing. I was just observing. And we ended our game with I think we played two rounds with them. And also, can I just say she kind of had a little bit of an attitude like <laughs> it was actually very much like Mindy Kaling in the office when. Jim and Daryl are, uh, you know, in a ping pong tournament and she's talking so much shit to Pam that it's kind of it was kind of like that. Like this girl, I don't she was probably trying to be funny, but it just her delivery was weird. And she would like make fun of me when I missed shots. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of a fucking bitch. We finally wrapped up with them and we got outside. And I'm telling you, like, Zach and I did not discuss this the entire time we were playing pool. We didn't have side conversations. We weren't even exchanging looks. The second we got outside, Zach was like, so they're having an affair. And I was like, oh my God, Zach, I literally have been waiting to get the fuck out of there to say the same thing to you. And he was like, yeah, like that was so fucking weird. It was so weird. And we were just going over all of our observations. And he told me he actually saw her grab his beard like playfully at one point, like touch his face and stuff. And he was like, I'm sorry, that's not a platonic best friend situation. Like they are 1000% in a full-blown affair. And I... It was just like, wow, we clearly are soulmates. This is so validating. So, of course, we started making up this whole story about them. And um, it was really, really funny and entertaining. But I mentioned what she was wearing because my my theory is that she um, obviously told her f- real fiance, whoever he is out there, that she had like a work thing after work on Friday, like a happy hour or something. And that's why she was still in her work stuff. And he was too. And they'd obviously met up like right after work to spend the evening together. And I don't think that they lived in Dallas. Like I just have a feeling they weren't living in Dallas proper. So like them being out there at this random ass fucking hole in the wall billiards place in such a unknown little like pocket of Dallas, that was them hiding out. And that's my theory. I don't have like a follow-up to this or anything. I just wanted to share with you guys what happened at the billiards bar on Friday night. So Saturday was a very lazy day. Um, You know, Zach was in pain because of his tattoo. And so he was just walking around the house the entire day in his skivvies, letting it breathe. And um, we did an upper body workout. So that was tight. And then I forced myself to do a run at home. And I was really happy about that, but I also passed out right after it and took a nap. And then suddenly it was nighttime. So we didn't really have a dinner plan. And I guess we were kind of like on this local neighborhood BYOB kick because Zach was like, well, have you ever been to this place that's literally right around the corner from us on Greenville? And it's been there for 20 plus years called Savon G&G. And I was like, no, I once again, for me, it has always looked like a super dodgy place, 
Like, how the fuck has that survived all these years? What is it? I never see anyone there. It's so randomly placed. No. And he was like, it's actually really fucking good. So it's like Mediterranean food. And typically Mediterranean for me is my last choice always. Like, it's just not... A, a, a type of food that I crave or is ever top of mind for me, I have to really, really be in the mood. And it also has to be really fucking good. Like I'm just, I don't walk around like randomly craving like hummus and falafel. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a Tex-Mex, Italian, Asian, whatever girl. So I was like, okay, I mean, you know, I'm willing to try it. It's very spur of the moment and we can go dress like pretty casually and it's another BYOB situation, which seems to be our running theme, and I'm very into it. So we go to Savanjin G. It is absolutely fucking incredible. I, I mean, I feel like in one instance of eating there, it completely changed my mind about Mediterranean food, period. I have thought about it every day since. I literally cannot wait to go back. I the vibe of it is just so oh my god it's so perfect in every single way like it has been owned by the same family forever and the woman who owns it is serving you and she's very like you walk in she's no bullshit she's like okay you can sit here 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 uh I don't know wherever you want actually no you can't sit at that table it's too small you can sit at this one and she was the only server And Zach said that every time he's been in there, it has been dead. And of course, when we went on Saturday night, it was busting. Like there was a huge table of these friends celebrating a birthday and they were having the best fucking time. And then like all these like there was a um, a double date going on with these much older couples who had like three bottles of wine on the table that they had brought. Like and then the best part is that like all those kind of live, laugh, love signs were all over the place. Like on every wall, there was some quote about wine and chocolate and like, oh, I just drink my coffee until it's time for me to have my wine. And oh my God. And the food was absolutely out of this world. Like we got the Greek salad, which again, like I don't normally go for because I'm not, I'm very specific about like olive taste and what kind of olives I like. It was amazing. We got the hummus for with fresh pita bread. Incredible. I got their chicken kebabs, like the skewers and the way that it was seasoned and their fucking tzatziki sauce. Like, oh my God, it was so good. I cannot recommend it enough. We just had the best time, the best fucking time. And for dessert, we got a piece of their baklava, which was the perfect size. They're really, really small. It was like one piece for each of us and probably like maybe three bites. Um, Maybe I feel like they were like two to three inches long, like barely anything, but it was just the perfect taste of dessert. And it completely made up for our shitty experience on Friday night. So Sunday was another kind of lazy day. We worked out, did all that. I was in the kitchen pretty much the entire afternoon making these really delicious pistachio pinwheel cookies that I saw Emily Schumann of Cupcakes and Cashmere making. I'd say like this past weekend was a weekend where I was like going through all of my saved Instagram posts, which I forget to do a lot of the time. But I was going through all of them to see kind of what I wanted to make for meals for the week. And I 
saw those cookies like she made a reel of making them a while ago and I was like oh well I'm definitely gonna make those and then we did our homemade pizza which is homemade dough and sauce that my sister and her wife basically instilled upon us the recipes on my blog if you're interested it's very foolproof best dough ever don't be afraid to overwork it we overworked the fuck out of the dough on Sunday like Zach was tossing it in the air and um, slapping it around. And it was the best pizza that we've had to date, like that we've made at home to date. And we've made it many, many times. And it was absolutely amazing. We were freaking out. We ate the entire thing. Like as I'm sitting here talking at you guys, I'm realizing how much of my podcast revolves around food. But like, that's what we do on the weekends, man. That is what we do on the weekends. Like, we try and be mindful all week. So on the weekends, we can explore our neighborhood and try new things and make stuff. And we just fucking love food, okay? I love food. And speaking of which, actually, this Monday evening, like this past Monday, um, we have a tradition of going to Carbones, which is an incredible Italian restaurant here in Dallas. We have a tradition of going like the first Monday of every month, and that kind of has gotten knocked off track completely. So we didn't have plans to go Monday, but I was like sitting at home thinking about it. I was like, we haven't been in so long, and it's a Monday, and the first of the month is tomorrow, and they have half price wine on Monday nights, which is why we go on Mondays. And we had such a shitty fucking Italian meal on Friday night. We deserve a good one. Even though we just had pizza last night, it's fine. It's whatever. I will make literally any excuse for food. So we went to Carbone's on Monday night. It's just fucking incredible, guys. If you haven't gone, go and try and go on a Monday so you get that cheap wine. It's not cheap. It's like incredible bottles of wine, but it's half off. Um, I always get the Caesar salad and I always get the Sunday gravy, which is the most incredible bowl of crest shaped noodles in an amazing meat sauce that I it will probably be my death row meal for sure and interestingly enough even with the half price bottle of wine our meal a hundred dollars and a thousand times better than the Urbano Cafe meal we had Friday that was also $100 and didn't even include fucking alcohol, man. Okay, so funnily enough, I have one last thing to tell you about what's been going on and it does involve food as well. So I mentioned, I think I mentioned on last week's podcast, I can't remember because it was such a sad podcast, but I think I mentioned that a follower of mine had reached out to me and was like, I'm the assistant pastry chef at the Ritz-Carlton in Dallas, and I would love to do your wedding cake. So Zach and I actually met up with her last night on Tuesday night, and I did not know. Like, I thought it was just a preliminary meeting, just like, hi, you know, whatever, here's what we're thinking, yada, yada. She brought fucking cake for us to taste, and she brought her homemade funfetti cake, which is what I've decided I want for our wedding cake. I've been back and forth about if I even want one and all these other options. Like I've literally changed my mind a thousand times and I, it just hit me. Like I fucking love funfetti. Like I don't love cake, but funfetti is my choice for cake and I want it covered in sprinkles. And she brought her funfetti cake for us to try. (laughs) It was... (laughs) literally we didn't we didn't eat it until we got home and I 
that was on purpose because I was like, I know, I know how good this is going to be. And I don't want to freak this girl out upon first meeting me in real life because I know that my reaction is going to be over the top. And we waited till we got home. We hadn't even had dinner and we busted open the cake. It was so phenomenal. Like, I, I, <laughs> I just realized I'm also like getting my period tomorrow and I sound like someone who's getting their period tomorrow, but like everything tastes a thousand times better than it usually does right now. The cake was the best cake I've ever had, ever. It was light as air. Zach does not like cake at all. Like, I like cake more than he does. He really is like, that's his last fucking choice for dessert ever. And we both inhaled it. Like, he was like, holy shit. I think she just single-handedly changed my mind about cake, period. So... We are so excited. We are so excited. I was texting her, freaking out. I'm sure I overwhelmed her. It just was so, so insane. And she does do stuff on the side. Um, She like bakes for friends and family on the side. And I was asking her when we met if she's interested in growing that business. And she said, maybe. So I'm going to talk to her more and see if she would like me to plug her. I don't want to like overwhelm her, but I've just never tasted anything as good, and I am just so thankful that she reached out and that this is going to work out. I hope you are satisfied and full from all that food talk, and now we're going to move on to part two of the podcast, where I talk about what I've been reading, watching, and listening to lately. So if you follow me on Instagram, then you know that I put out some thoughts on Monday night about memoirs of a geisha. And they're not negative thoughts. It's just I've really struggled with this book. I don't know why. I saw the movie when it came out. I know what it is about. And I loved the movie. I just, for whatever reason, I don't even think that I've hit the halfway mark. It's a long book. It's like over 400 pages and might be like closer to 500. I haven't even hit the halfway mark and it's just not, it's not grabbing me. And I feel awful because it's a classic and I know so many people personally and just like publicly who absolutely adore this novel. For whatever reason, it's just not clicking for me. And I don't I don't dislike it by any means. Like the writing is amazing and I am somewhat invested, but just not enough to the point where I am looking forward to picking it up to read every single night like I was with Pride and Prejudice. Like I I could not wait to finish Pride and Prejudice. So I felt like a bad person because of these feelings. And I, you know, put that on Instagram on Monday night. And I mean, the majority of people who responded to me were like, move on. Just life is too short to waste on forcing yourself to read a book that you're not jonesing to read. And that's how it should be, kind of like with everything else in life. And people made such good points about how our time is so precious and so limited. You should never, ever feel like it's a signed reading or it's a chore. And that is why I did so shitty in school when it came to a signed reading. Like, I don't. I'm not sure that I ever finished a full book that we had to finish. And I think that's also why I have recurring dreams about not finishing like an English course in college and not being able to graduate because because of that, because I have a history with that. So 
I have heeded, heeded everyone's advice and I am putting Geisha back on the shelf and I might revisit her down the line when the moment strikes and you know that's what I want to read but in the meantime I did order the Evelyn Hugo or the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo I literally know nothing about it I have not read the synopsis I don't know what the plot is I know nothing all I know is that I've seen it all over the place and people seem to be fucking obsessed with it and love it so that actually should be arriving today and I'm going to start that and see if I don't have better luck with that. As for what I've been watching, so we actually watched a lot over the past week since I have been on here. So the first thing that you need to know about Zach and I is that we love rock docs, documentaries about rock and roll, about like the fucking fathers of rock and roll. Anything that pretty much like any music documentary, we are gonna want to watch. So Zach found this one called Muscle Shoals about Muscle Shoals, Alabama, which is where the very famous Fame Studios was founded and had so many insane artists come through. Not the artists weren't insane, or they probably were, but their roster of clients of like the records that they recorded there is out of this world like I mean you wouldn't even fucking believe it's like Aretha Franklin Leonard Skinner the Rolling Stones Percy Sledge that's just to name a few so it was um this documentary and you can watch it for free on YouTube and it was just so good I mean like if you're into rock and roll like classic rock and roll music it's definitely a much must watch in my opinion we enjoyed it so much and then another uh rock doc that we actually just watched last night was it last night or maybe the night before I don't know it doesn't matter was this one called count me in and it's all about like the greatest drummers of our time and they have so many drummers from so many well-known bands on there just talking about drumming in general and when they like you know first discovered drums and their come-ups and they go over like the skills and the style of all these famous drummers I mean Again, I know this is like really niche and I don't I don't know if my audience is interested in this shit at all. But like I grew up with a dad who was a drummer and he was such like a rock and roll kid and, you know, went to multiple Led Zeppelin shows. And um, that was just like I know all that music because of my dad. And so it's always had a very, very special place in my heart. And makes a lot of sense that I fell in love with someone who feels the same way that I do about it. So those are two really good ones. And then on Sunday night, after we had our delicious pizza and our pistachio pinwheel cookies, I was like, I actually want to watch this rom-com that's new on Amazon with Jenny Slate and Charlie Day called I Want You Back. And that's weird for me because I'm not super big into rom-coms. That's not like, I think I mentioned this before, but my favorite my favorite kinds of movies are coming of age tales, but more than that, it's like Quentin Tarantino movies. Like, I don't even know how you would describe those really because they're like the darkest comedy and really like graphic and violent, but like beautiful. I don't know. Those are my favorite types of movies. So it's weird for me to be in the mood for a rom-com, but I fucking love Jenny Slate so much and 
I don't know. I just was like, let's check it out. So we watched I Want You Back. Super cute. Super, super cute. Good story. We both really enjoyed it. In terms of rom-coms, like I asked Zach what he would rate it on a scale of one to 10. And he came up with what we're comparing all rom-coms to. Like the number 10 on our one to 10 scale is Crazy Stupid Love. To us, that is the best fucking rom-com movie that has ever been made. Maybe besides Bridget Jones, but Crazy Stupid Love is like one of those movies I could watch and have watched a hundred times. It never gets old. It's always amazing. I just think it's absolutely phenomenal. So that was our scale. And he gave I Want You Back a seven and a half to an eight. And I totally agree with him because, you know, in like in grading terms, that's like what, like a 75%, 80%. Like it was definitely is a B movie. And honestly, my biggest takeaways from it, there are two. The first takeaway is that Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son, is such a bad actor. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. It was it was really bad. It was bad. But he is so beautiful. It's like he is that type of beautiful that I don't even I don't even know what to do with it. Like I don't even know how to react to it or talk about it because I don't understand it. It's very hard for me to fathom. My second takeaway is that I don't know if Jenny Slate had fucking extensions in or what or You know, I know that she has a baby and maybe like her pregnancy hormones changed her hair, but holy fuck, literally her hair in I Want You Back is what I wish my hair was. Like in my biggest fantasies, that is what kind of hair I will get if I just keep growing it out. Now, I know that's not what's going to happen. We have different curl patterns, and that's like a really big thing to take into consideration when you're trying to do anything to your curly hair. But I just, oh my God, oh my God. It was like just so perfect. That was a huge takeaway for me. I just could not even believe how good her curls looked. And when she wore it up in a pony and she had like two pieces like, you know, framing her face and when she wore it down and then they blew it out for like a couple of scenes. And I just, oh my God, I'm so jealous. And then the other thing that we watched, which was like very sporadic last minute I think we threw it on last night is Aziz Ansari's new like 30 minute stand-up special that he did a few nights in New York at the Comedy Cellar which is the first place that he ever did stand up I fucking love Aziz I've always loved him I think he is a comic genius and I absolutely loved the special like he just had so many good things to say so many comments on the world today that were very nuanced and no one is talking like that anymore and I just think it's so important and I mean it was absolutely hilarious obviously but it was also just really smart and I would very much recommend that All right. Now that we have gone over what's been going on, what I've been watching, it's time to get into the good stuff. So I'm doing it different this episode. Instead of using part three to talk about what's coming up, I decided to get you guys involved and asked for your unpopular opinions. Now, I've done this before on my Instagram and it was a huge hit. It was so fucking funny to go through what y'all's knee-jerk reactions were when someone asks you (laughs) for an unpopular opinion. I'm laughing because one of the ones that stands out to me forever from many 
unpopular opinions ago, someone was like, golden retrievers are overrated. And I was like, I mean, honestly, I, I've never thought of that. You're not wrong, but also what a pointed, unpopular opinion to have. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg with how many gems of un- unpopular opinions I get. So I first asked for you guys to submit them via my podcast Instagram called That's What You Said underscore the podcast and didn't get a lot of responses there. Um, and I know the audience is like a fraction of what my Emma's thing Instagram podcast is, but I'm really trying to like build that up and make it feel a lot more exclusive for people who actually, you know, religiously listen to the podcast and are engaged and involved. So I gave up at some point in the day and I put up the same question on my Emma's thing and I got so many responses. So I will say up front that I am definitely going to be making two episodes out of unpopular opinions because there's no freaking way that I can get through all of them. I mean, we're already over 45 minutes right now. I'm just going to dive in and start with some unpopular opinions that you guys sent in, give my reactions, and it's going to be a fucking blast. So let's go. The unpopular opinions. (laughs) So inevitably, every single time that I ask for unpopular opinions, one that shows up time and time again from multiple different people is Taylor Swift is overrated and Beyonce is overrated. Sometimes they are grouped together, which I find very interesting. And other times it's just separate thoughts. So I want to give my official statement on both of these unpopular opinions. I've said this before, but Taylor Swift, for me, I don't think that she's overrated. And I say that because she is truly a lyrical genius and she's an incredible businesswoman. I did not listen to her when she was younger, so I'm not familiar with her older albums. I like the Taylor that she became when she was in her 30s, and Folklore really did me in, but before that, I started getting into her during her 1989 album. I understand why people would think this. I mean, I I think that if you are famous and a lot of people love you, there are going to be a ton of people who hate you or don't get why so many people love you. That's just the way of life. So I understand that. And I understand that her personality outside of her singing and her songs is very much an acquired taste. And I'm not that in love with it. I I don't idolize Taylor. I don't wish she was my best friend. I don't find her as a person to be exceptionally charming or anything like that. But I do think that we need to give credit where credit is due. And she is a pretty amazing musician. As for Beyonce, I think that she is a little overrated. But at the same time, when she dropped Lemonade, I had never had a lot of the feelings that that album made me have. It was a literal work of art. And I gained a lot of fucking respect for her when she gave that to us. But on a day-to-day basis, am I obsessed with her? No. Am I ever going to wear a shirt during my engagement that says fiance? No. So the next unpopular opinion I want to share is someone said, I hate the song, I want to dance with somebody. Overplayed in college, it's an immediate skip. I could not agree more. I 
do not like I want to dance with somebody. I don't like it. I don't get it. It doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't get me hyped up. It's so overplayed. Someone said rose gold is tacky. I am so fucking on board with this. I am profoundly and eternally sorry to anyone that this offends. I absolutely hate rose gold. I would much rather have to wear silver, which I don't do. I only like gold. But rose gold, I just, I can't, I can't, and I never have been able to. The same person said, moms calling themselves mama makes me cringe. Even like referring to your friends who are moms as mamas is really upsetting and inappropriate. This unpopular opinion simply said that mimosas are absolute garbage. And I have to agree. I really do. The Emma of her 20s would be horrified and take this statement incredibly personally because bottomless mimosa brunches were a lifestyle. But that was Emma of many years ago. And I think that inherently mimosas are pretty foul. Unless it's the most high quality, fresh squeezed orange juice with the nicest top shelf champagne you've ever had in your entire fucking life. Mimosas are a no for me. And if I am going to have one, I will literally have one. All I associate with mimosas at this point in my life are headaches and that really weird feeling in your mouth when you've been drinking them all goddamn day. This unpopular opinion said, not into true crime. It feels like we're capitalizing on others' tragedies. You know, I have never been a big true crime person either. There, I've had stints, like very short-lived stints, but I'm not like a crime junkie. I, I listen to My Favorite Murder for the comedy not really for the actual like murder stories. I've never really sat and asked myself why I could never get into true crime. And maybe this is the reason. Maybe it is because it's like taking pleasure in other people's literal tragedies. I don't know. But she has a point. This one says, snow cones are just bad. You're chewing on syrup ice. Now, I do understand where you're coming from. And While snow cones are not ever my first choice, there is something about a snow cone in the fucking dead heat of summer that hits different. Also, yeah, do I want ice cream all the time? Is that always going to be my first choice? Of course. But if I'm trying to watch my figure, but I want something sweet, give me some motherfucking shaved ice caked in some sort of flavored syrup so I can enjoy myself, goddammit. Sometimes when I ask for unpopular opinions, I feel like people are just baiting me and just like using it as an excuse to come at me. This person said Harry Potter sucks. Um, no, it doesn't. You suck. Thank you. Similar to that, someone said, I don't like Chipotle. I don't get it. This one comes up a lot. And I'm going to be honest, I understand that. I am a Chipotle stand for life. I have been since I was 16. I get it weekly. I just, I love it, but I totally understand how someone could not love it. Zach actually isn't a massive fan. He hasn't had a lot of really good experiences there. And honestly, while I'm thinking about it, none of my, like, good friends or family enjoy it very much either. I'm like the only weirdly obsessed Chipotle is life fangirl. Whenever people send in unpopular opinions that circulate around food, it's kind of hard to comment on because it's like everyone has different tastes and I'm not going to sit here and be a fucking asshole if you write in something that says sushi is gross, which someone did. And it's like, yeah, could I go off? Sure. But it's like, 
I mean, that's that's your opinion. And yeah, I it definitely unpopular for sure. But if you don't like that flavor profile, if you don't like fish or seafood, do I think that maybe you're a little weird? A hundred percent. But it doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't make your opinion invalid. So I don't really know if this is an unpopular opinion as much as it's like an unpopular maybe thing to do. But someone wrote in and said, I weigh myself every day. Girl, listen, I've fucking been there. Actually, I was there. I was there up until I would say a month ago. Like if you have a scale at your disposal in your bathroom right in your fucking face every day when you walk in it's hard not to step on it this could be like a whole other topic like going into our generation and how we were raised and the ideas that were instilled in us about the number on the scale and all that shit i'm not going to get into it but i get that and i don't think that you're alone at all i mean it's totally up to you i was getting so frustrated stepping on that piece of shit every day and not seeing what i wanted to see that i actually took up both of our scales that we have and put them on the highest shelf in our bathroom closet so i'm not tempted and zach was fine with it and i'm really trying to move away from that this unpopular opinion that i literally could not agree with more and i can't believe that this has never come up in conversation is keep your potatoes out of my breakfast tacos can i get a motherfucking amen what are your starchy ass breakfast potatoes doing in this taco like get the fuck out i didn't ask for you i don't want you this is a story about eggs about chorizo about bacon about beans this has nothing to do with you potatoes and i need you to leave the premises immediately and don't even get me started on motherfucking tater tots in breakfast tacos oh my god like no you have a carb it's the flour tortilla that's all you need and it's incredible on its own do not take away from it with putting other random ass carbs in my taco. There are so many unpopular opinions about food, which is how I know that I'm in the right place. Someone said, wings are gross. Is the point just to eat a shit ton of sauce? And all I have to say to you, ma'am, is, yeah, that's the fucking point. Okay, this one says, waterproof mascara should be the only kind of mascara. Absolutely not. I could not disagree with this more. Like, get your waterproof shit away from my eyes. That shit does not come off, and it doesn't not come off in a good way. It it doesn't come off in a way that's honestly kind of panic-inducing. Like, if I use waterproof mascara, I don't know how many years it's going to stay on my eyelashes, and the effort that I have to put into getting it off fully ends up leaving me with way fewer eyelashes than I began with. I say that if you know that you're going to be crying or if you're going to be underwater, just don't wear any fucking mascara. Waterproof mascara is not worth it to me in any circumstance. I just, I can't. So this one says, I hate pockets on dresses and the excitement they elicit. What are women putting in there? Honestly, great point. What are we putting in there? You know what we're putting in there? Our hands. Because we don't know what the fuck else to do with our hands when we're wearing a dress and it's a security thing and it makes us feel better to have somewhere to put our fucking hands. And honestly, it looks more flattering in pictures. Thank you. All right. This gal said, if you can't keep your dog from barking, you shouldn't have a dog. Now, I feel like this is a very nuanced opinion because 
dogs were made to bark. That is what they do. It's as natural as us farting and burping and talking. However, I do understand that there are some dogs with some barks that should literally be illegal. And I will also say that while our dogs aren't super big barkers, when they get off on a tangent, it's absolutely horrific. Like, I don't know how to control it. I've read things. I've tried. It's only gotten worse with age. So I get it. Some dogs' barks can be horrific and incessant and just just the worst. The worst. This one made me laugh. It's literally just the word Hawaii and then a middle finger emoji. So this person is just like, fuck Hawaii. I fucking hate it. I personally don't know what the fuck Hawaii could have done to this person to make her hate it so much. I think Hawaii is magical. I've only been once and I really love to go back. But clearly she has beef with the islands. So earlier I shared that unpopular opinion about how moms referring to themselves as mamas is cringe. Someone else wrote in and said that saying hubby is also cringe and 100%. I don't even think it's indisputable. This person said In-N-Out Burger is overhyped. I could not agree more. But I will say that my dad's side of the family has lived in California literally for forever. So when we used to fly out to visit them when I was a lot younger, going to In-N-Out Burger was like one of the big events that we always had to do no matter what. And to me, it was the best fucking burger and fries ever. And then um, at some point a few years ago, In-N-Out Burger opened in Dallas and I was going off of my experience as a young kid having it in California where it was born and I was so excited like holy shit I can't believe that it's going to be local and I can have a taste of my childhood and I am not kidding I went once I could not believe how fucking disgusting it was and I have not been back since and it's been in Dallas for at least eight nine years at this point. The fries are basically raw and I don't like it. Someone wrote in and said baby showers are fucking stupid. (laughs) I don't agree. I mean, I don't think they're like the best, most fun thing in the world, but I also think they're insanely sweet and it's really cute to celebrate your friend and that she is about to be a mom. I will say, though, that I think it should be illegal to have to sit and watch the mom-to-be open gifts. There's nothing humanely okay about that. And I think everyone should be released before that happens and it should be done in private. Okay, guys, we've barely skimmed how many unpopular opinions were submitted, but I want to end today's episode on this one because I am so passionate about it. And it's been one that I have been terrified to ever announce publicly. But the fact that this woman, this brave, brave woman wrote it in gives me the courage to not only tell you what it is, but also let you know that I couldn't agree more with it. So this superhero lady wrote in and said, breakfast for dinner should be illegal. I've never felt more seen in my entire life. I absolutely despise the idea of breakfast for dinner. First of all, I am not a huge breakfast person as it is. I don't wake up in the morning, even on the weekends, craving 
pancakes and eggs and bacon and all of the traditional breakfast items. Maybe it's the Jew in me who much prefers an everything bagel with cream cheese and lox. I don't know. I really don't know. But what I do know is that the idea of eating pancakes and eggs and sausage for dinner makes me irrationally upset. And it always has. It's definitely happened to me before. I know that my parents 1000% serve that as a dinner multiple times throughout my life. I know that I've done that with friends. I know for certain that I've done that with guys that I've dated. But every time I am silently suffering. And to me, this is the quintessential unpopular opinion because most people that I've run into in my life live for breakfast for dinner. It's it's a lifestyle. It's their identity. People literally build personalities off of having breakfast for dinner. And it's just something I'm not on board with. If Zach came to me tonight and was like, I want nothing more than pancakes and bacon for dinner, I would oblige him. I would do it because I love him. And that love is much stronger than my disdain for breakfast for dinner. But I wouldn't be happy about it. All right. So that's as many unpopular opinions as I could get through on this episode because I am exhausted. But I am telling you, there will be a second episode, a part two next week with a lot more unpopular opinions. And I honestly might start the episode out with them because there are so many. And I really, really want to account for them. I want to share what you guys so willingly shared with me and give your unpopular opinions the time and attention that they deserve. The unpopular opinions. (laughs) Really quickly, as for what's coming up for me and us this weekend, Not really a lot. I'm doing a girls brunch with my best friends on Saturday. We're seeing my parents on Saturday night. And also, I did mention on Instagram stories um, two weeks ago before I had my really shitty week last week that I used to freelance for Match.com before I worked there full time as their lead writer. I freelanced for this service that they used to offer where if you didn't want to write your dating profile, you could pay a professional writer to write it for you by filling out a questionnaire with a lot of pretty surface level information. And the writer would take that information and spin it into a dating profile that you're proud of and that you love. It was so fun. I absolutely loved that little stint that I did before I was hired on full time. And I had a follower reach out to me the other week asking if I would write her dating profile for her. And it reminded me of when I literally used to do that. So I am working on putting together a Google form, a questionnaire that people can fill out if they want me to write their dating profile for them. I don't know what I'm going to charge yet. It's not going to be anything astronomical, but it is a service that I want to provide. So I'm working on perfecting that and making sure I have all the right information on there to get from you guys. And my goal is to have that ready within the next week or two so we can start crafting your story and 
getting you those swipes, baby. So keep an eye out for that. And please be sure to tell your friends who are single if they are in dire need of a profile and literally the thought of having to write about themselves is making them want to forget the whole thing, which I think we're all familiar with. I mean, it's literally like writing a cover letter. Who the fuck enjoys writing cover letters? It's horrible. Like having to sell yourself, quote unquote, is the absolute worst. So let me do that for you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really can't wait to get back into these opinions next week because there are just so many fucking good ones. As always, please follow my podcast Instagram at that's what E said underscore the podcast. That's where you can see visual guides for every episode and maybe get a little bit of headway on things that I'm not announcing on my Emma's Thing page. And if you listen and you love the podcast, please, please, please take just a few minutes to leave a star rating and write a review. I think there's something kind of messed up with reviews. Like, I feel like a lot of you have told me that you've written them, then they're not showing up. So I feel like that's a glitch in like the Apple podcast system. But regardless, it means so much when you take the time to do that. Have an amazing weekend. Share these unpopular opinions with your friends and family over the weekend to get some conversations going. And we will talk next week. Mm-hmm.